I think that like as long as I'm trying my hardest to still eat plant-based I can still feel good about it like mm -hmm. I can still feel like I'm kind of making a positive difference and like that's the thing that I think a lot of times it's like all or nothing for a lot of people which is cool but for me I'm like you know as long as I'm the majority of the time I'm doing this like I still feel good about it Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I hope you guys are doing great. Um, I don't know what is going on with society right now with this uh, coronavirus. It is something I definitely have not lived through before. Um, it's completely changing our lives. Everything is being shut down. Society has always been used to go, go, go. And now it seems like everybody's slowing down and taking a break. And yeah. It's it's a crazy world. I'm gonna do my best to to keep on moving forward, to have positive conversations, to try to create an uplifting vibe, and you know, just try to stay positive throughout the whole thing. I want to thank today's sponsor, Fitbod. As you guys know, it's an app that I've been using for so long now. It's a great fitness app. Uh, couldn't come in at a better time because they are actually offering free body workouts for every user who downloads the app. So uh, let me backtrack a little bit. Fitbod is a workout app, so you can log all of your workouts. It creates custom workouts for you based on the equipment that's available to you, whether um, you, know, you go to a gym, uh, but now since you're at home, uh, you know, you could type in anything that you have lying around like bands or maybe you have like a pull-up bar that you put like, you know, on your door frame or maybe you have a couple dumbbells. You can put the, all that in and it'll generate a workout for you based off of just those equipment. But it does also have body weight workouts, so you don't need any equipment at all. And they're allowing you to log all of that for free, which is really cool that they're doing that. So if you guys want to download the app and check it out, just head over to fitbod.me slash bananiac, F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash B-A-N-A-N-I-A-C. You guys can also head over to the website, bananiac.com. I have a bunch of great resources there, which you guys can look at, books, documentaries, stuff for your kitchen, supplements, the camera gear and audio gear that I use to make videos and these podcast episodes, as well as other ways you can help support the podcast by clicking the Amazon banner or the Audible banner, which will not charge you a single cent more, but it will help provide a small kickback to help support this podcast and to help me create more of these episodes. And if it wouldn't be too much to ask of you guys to head on over to Apple Podcasts on This Is Banana's landing page, give this podcast a five-star rating, give it all the stars, do all the things, drop a review if you dig this podcast, because what it'll do is it'll help that algorithm push this podcast out to more people. And that's what we want. We want more people listening to these episodes, to change in their lives, to go vegan, to live a more active lifestyle, and just to be better people. And to everyone who has gone and rated this podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate you guys coming and joining me every single week. If you guys want to watch the video version of these interviews, these conversations, head on over to my YouTube channel, Bananiac, and you guys can find them all on there for free. I am so stoked about the guests that I'm having on because... He is someone that I've been super inspired by for more than a decade. 
It's Neil Westfall of the Florida-based rock band called A Day to Remember. And if you guys are into rock, you know this band. This has to be the most mainstream rock band of our time. They've covered songs from The Fray, Kelly Clarkson. They've collaborated with Marshmallow. And they're about to drop this new album, You're Welcome, here very, very soon. Although things are constantly changing with the coronavirus, as I said. They were supposed to go on tour to South America, as well as a couple of international and U.S. cities. But um, fortunately, that's being postponed. But anyway, Neil Westfall is my guest today. And in this episode, we talk about his love for cycling, which is amazing. We're both cyclists and really connected about that. We talked about his journey with eating a plant-based diet. He's been struggling a little bit about staying 100% vegan, and it might not be what you're expecting to hear, but he was very open about that, and I really respect it, and I'm keeping in touch with him, and of course, have offered my time anytime that he has questions. I'm happy to help him, because ultimately, I want him to stay as much plant-based, or if I can, get him to be 100% vegan again. Although he definitely does not need any motivation from me as he's married to the beautiful Mary Mattern, aka Nam Yourself. And if you guys don't follow her, uh, what are you doing? Head on over to her Instagram right now, Nam Yourself. You're welcome. Together, both of them are working on the Winter Park Biscuit Company, offering Central Florida with some great vegan options. So I'll definitely be dropping by as soon as they're up and running. So yeah, like I mentioned before, in this episode, we talked about cycling, how he met his wife, some of the things he noticed after eating a plant-based diet, how Data Remember started, how life is while touring, the number 44, which constantly shows up in a lot of their music videos and the meaning behind it and a whole lot more. So let's head on over to the audio compound, the studio of A Day to Remember, and let's sit down with Neil Westfall in this week's episode. So what's up, Neil? How, How are you doing, man? Good. 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 Yeah. Awesome. Nice to have you on, man. Yeah, thanks for um, having Been a super big fan of A Day to Remember pretty much my whole like adult life. I've been listening to you guys since freaking high school, man. So it's it's quite an honor to have you on. Oh yeah, thanks for having me. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, I just uh, we're coming at you guys live from here in Central Florida. Um, you guys are obviously from Florida. You've written about in many songs uh, in Florida, City of Acala, um, All Signs Point to Lauderdale. So are you all from Central Florida or Florida in general? Yeah, we uh, we all grew up in Ocala. Uh, except for our new guitar player. Well, he's not new. He's been in the band for 10 years. But right. uh, except for our other guitar player, Kevin, he's from Minnesota, but he even lived here for five years. So gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Well, dude, I wanted to have you on because one, you're in one of my favorite bands. Two, um, you have been, um, you know, you've been eating a plant based diet for a few years. And then three, you're a cyclist. So I feel like this would be so awesome to have you on good yeah. conversation yeah yeah so i mean i just uh i just want to ask you um are you uh, like I've, I've read stuff online you know of uh people saying that you're eating plant-based or vegan um could you share your thoughts on that and um yeah you know how that's been yeah so um when i first met my wife uh the story kind of begins with that she um she was on tour with blink she was travis barker's chef and we were opening for them and um I thought she was like beautiful and I wanted to talk to her. And so I was like, Hey, we teach me how to cook. And 
and uh, she's like, um, she's like, only if only if you're vegan. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't do that. You know, <laughs> and she's like, no, you can. It's not that hard. And I was like, all right. Um, and so she she basically. She basically was like, look, I'll teach you how to cook is if you're vegan, there's two more weeks of the tour. I'm like, this will be a great re reason for me to get to go and talk to her and kind of get to know her as well. And I'm like, all right, let's do it, you know. And uh, so for two weeks, I, I did it and kind of felt amazing. Like right. uh, at the time, I was kind of doing a lot of CrossFit stuff, and um, it I just felt amazing. I hadn't felt like that in a long time, and so I continued to do it after that. And we kind of decided we were going to start dating, and um, maybe like four or five or three or four months later, we I invited her to come here, and she came here. She was living out in L.A. Okay. And uh, so I went out there for a little bit and then she came here and then we kind of talked about like if we were going to really do the thing, then we'd have I'd have to either move to L.A. or she would move here. And so we kind of did a pros and cons list and kind of did the thing and she ended up moving in with me. And so I was just for that whole two year period, I was full vegan, a um, all plant based stuff. And it was awesome. And then towards the end, like I kind of was, I guess, not getting the right nutrients I was supposed to be getting. And it wasn't anyone's fault but mine because I just kept wanting to eat like a lot of those meat alternatives. And I just when I would go on tour, like I wouldn't be able to uh, like a lot of times vegan restaurants would close early or or whatever, whenever we we're in Europe or we were like out in America and there, it'd be tough to find an option like kind of late at night or something like that. And I'd end up eating crap potatoes yeah. or whatever and so um it got to a point where like I, I think i was having issues like with a testosterone or something was going on and uh, i went to see a couple doctors and they're like you know maybe we should introduce meat back into your diet uh and i was like i don't really want to like i feel good and i feel good about what i'm doing like i feel like i'm making a positive impact on uh doing my part you know that kind of vibe and so recently i i've been eating meat a little bit more and uh, eating dairy, but I would still say 90% plant-based. Right. Uh, it's really easy with my wife because she's an incredible chef, but um, anytime we eat together, it's all vegan stuff. So I still, I would still say 90%, you know, plant-based. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't blame you there. Like if you feel something is going wrong, you want to seek help, right? Yeah. So you want to go to your doctor, you want to make sure everything's okay with your blood results um, and everything. Um, so yeah, dude, um, don't don't blame me there at all. Um, and it sounds like you're still eating pretty heavily plant-based. Yeah. Um, your wife is actually, if anybody, any of you guys follow her, she's at Nom Yourself mm -hmm. on Instagram. Freaking awesome Instagram page, by the way. Yeah. Uh, incredible food she posts like every day. Um, so that's awesome. When you first started going vegan, um, had you noticed any health benefits right away? Do you it, remember anything? It was like a light switch was just flipped. Like for like the first, probably about the first year, I just had an excess amount of energy. Like I started doing... Whenever I first was vegan, I started doing, tri I was training triathlon. Um, I always wanted to do triathlon. Like I've been cycling like since I uh, was like 20 and like I kind of fell out of it for a little while and then I got back into it. I was like, you know what? My goal is I want to do a triathlon. I want to do a half Ironman. So I haven't done half Ironman. I did like a sprint triathlon. So, um, but I was like cycling every day and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, this is great. Like I feel like 
super energized and uh like a lot of times like i would always like kind of have trouble waking up but i like right when like i would wake up and i would be awake mm-hmm. it was awesome right right i'm like this is like incredible yeah so like that was like one of the major benefits that i had felt like in the beginning and then i think that i think that like for me like as long as i'm trying my hardest to still eat plant-based i can still feel good about it like mm-hmm. i can still feel like i'm kind of making a positive difference and like that's the thing that i think a lot of times it's like all or nothing for a lot of people which is cool right but for me i'm like you know as long as i'm the majority of the time i'm doing this like i still feel good about it and it's obviously not my choice my doctor's like look you need to do this you need to try this and i'm like okay cool and then i do feel better now so i don't know yeah. i think i think it's different for everybody and you got to kind of find your own path and Gotcha. And I think what you said, um, you know, you shouldn't let perfect be the enemy of the good. Like if this is where you're happy, um, you know, I'm rooting for you, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I made a video about Jared Leto. He's so outspoken about veganism, has spoken up about it for many uh, years. But like when he travels, he'll sometimes cheat. And it's not something like I personally promote, but um, I'd rather at the end of the day, I'd rather have more Cheegans, if you want to call it that, than less vegans, like less people that eat plant based at all. Mm-hmm. So, like the more plant based you eat, is what I'm trying to say. The better it is for right. you. Um, and that's awesome that you're still kind of sticking with it and not just completely giving it up, like eating oh, yeah. five guys and like McDonald's uh, all day long. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. T- tell me what it was like then, a little bit on the road. Um, did you tour as um vegan or plant based? Yeah, yeah. How was that? It was kind of tough in Europe. Uh, I feel like they're still kind of like the 90s vegan where it's like quinoa, everything and like <laughs> vegetables. Yeah, yeah. And which is cool. Right. I mean, because you probably get more nutrients that way. But <clears throat> um, like my wife's whole outlook on it is like kind of like utilizing the plant based alternatives uh, and kind of like making them into something that like they weren't before. You know, like, for instance, like uh, we're doing the biscuit company here in Winter Park and one of our main staple items is like a vegan chicken sandwich. And so we kind of take the um, food service guardian chicken and we bread it like they would at like KFC. And we do like all these things or Chick-fil-A or whatever. And we make biscuits like they would at uh, any place, but they're all, it's all vegan, all plant-based and uh, you would never know the difference. And so like I'm, I would like, I fell in love with that. Like, I'm like, oh, I love this. So I would try in America. It's easy to find all that stuff, like impossible burgers and uh, beyond burgers and right. finding restaurants that are kind of pushing the boundary of like what it means to do that. You know, like that's easy here. And I feel like in Europe, it's like they're, they're getting into yeah. it, but not as much. It's hard. Like in, um, there's also like not a lot of late night options um, as far as like, it's getting better, especially with like Burger King having the Impossible Burger, and you can get it vegan and stuff like that. Like you can eat that late, and that's cool. But that's like a new thing, you know. And uh, I have, we haven't been on tour in a while, so whenever I was on tour, it was it was cool. Uh, you get to go and visit all these different restaurants and places, and kind of talk to people, and and that's really cool. But late night, kind of rough. Yeah, I hear you, man. Um... But it is getting more vegan friendly. I can't say that. Just at least from my experience, you've traveled way more than I have. 
But what are some of the most like vegan friendly cities or countries that you can remember? What are some of the places you had like really good experiences at? Um, I would say L.A., obviously. For sure. Vegan Mecca. Everywhere. Um, sure. L.A., New York is incredible. Boston is incredible. Phoenix is actually amazing. Oh, nice. Uh, there's a restaurant in Phoenix called Green Restaurant. Uh, it's, a, it's a guy named Chef Damon. He runs a restaurant. Absolutely incredible. One of my favorite vegan restaurants in all of America, in all wow. the world, pretty much. Um, and I mean, Orlando, honestly, mm -hmm. like Orlando is it's thriving and there's probably like six full vegan restaurants here that are like some of the best I've had <coughs> anywhere. Uh, and it's really cool. It's cool to be a part of this community here and uh, see See, I, I would say the majority of the people that go to the restaurants here in Orlando are not vegan, like the vegan restaurants. And, and they're like eating this stuff and they're happy about it. And that's a really cool thing. And I think that's like one of the biggest reasons that we wanted to kind of open the biscuit company is to kind of even broaden that further and kind of offer more alternatives that can be like, yo, you can eat plant based. You can eat vegan. It doesn't have to be. Oh, just quinoa or here's a salad or french fries, whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. So yeah, totally. Uh, I think Orlando for sure. It's like one of the most vegan friendly cities and right down the street, you have like uh ethos vegan kitchen, yeah, which is, is amazing. It's a staple. It's yeah. been around like 20 years or something like that. Yeah. Have you guys been? Oh my God. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And what do, uh, are any of the other band members, uh, plant-based or what do they think? Josh about? is a hundred percent vegetarian, uh, oh, full time. Wow. Um, like everybody's like, that's a big thing for the day to remember is we we're big into food. Like, I, I think it's been a, a dream of a couple of ours to kind of own a restaurant or a bar like in our life. Like that's like been something we've been working towards. Uh, Jeremy, when he was first coming up, like he was a cook, you know, like he got me oh, one of my way. first jobs. Uh, and we've always been super interested in food. And as we get to travel, going to restaurants, that's like a big part of why we still like traveling. And so, um, like everyone's into all these different types of food. So like, we'll go eat every, I'll get everyone to go eat plant-based like every once in a while. It's pretty That's cool. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people in our crew are vegan. Uh, our sound guy's vegan. Uh, our monitor guy's vegan. Um, our drum tech, <clears throat> he eats plant-based probably 60% of the time. Wow. Uh, my guitar tech, the guy who I'm doing their album, his name's Max. He was vegan for, almost two years with me and so yeah he was my roommate when i first met mary and um we would kind of do all these like fad diets or whatever like back in like we'd be like oh let's do like whole 30 or let's do this or let's do that you know because right. we like to challenge ourselves in that way which which is why i think it kind of lent myself to be like oh i can do this when i at first i was like i don't think i can do this like this seems yeah, sure. kind of crazy and then i did it and i'm like oh this is just like challenging myself to be like no you can stick to these guidelines and then um, once you kind of, once you do it for a little bit, it, you start doing it for different reasons. In the beginning, I did it for like health reasons. And I'm like, yeah, I'll try to get healthy. And then like, I was like, man, I feel really good that I'm not like eating animals or right. like, or like using any of these products or like supporting factory farming and all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. I, I can get behind this. And then that's why I kept doing it. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's easier when you have a bunch of people around. Like 
having those people on our crew and stuff like that and then having the dudes in the band that are willing to go to like those restaurants and stuff like that for sure yeah i didn't realize so much of a day to remember was vegan like behind the scenes or or yeah. like just you you guys yeah. the front line yeah so that's really awesome um do you ever see yourself doing the vegan thing again or or um like going 100 percent in yeah i mean i i would still be i would still be doing it if i if i wasn't kind of dealing with what i had dealt with for a little bit i haven't really talked to many people about it but it was like kind of like a i was dealing with like a pro or uh not protein deficiency that's what everyone says <laughs> no uh it was a test i was it was like a testosterone deficiency and so uh mary and i were <coughs> trying to have kids and like we're kind of dealing with like some stuff that was happening because of that and the doctor couldn't figure out what it was and then he's like you know let's just try this and i'm like i don't i was like i don't want to you know like i feel good what i'm doing he's like but you don't feel good and i'm like okay um i was like i didn't want to take any like medicine or whatever i don't like doing that like and so He's like, let's just try this. You know, he's like, you were good before you started doing this. I'm like, yeah, but I felt better once I started. He's like, yeah, sometimes that happens. You know, like your body will transition and it'll start to do these things. And then after a while, it kind of loses. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know anything about that. So I did it and I felt better. And so like, I I was like, I still kind of like that feeling like I'm doing something uh, that's bigger than me, you know, like still being a part of helping out and doing all these things. So I still try to do it as much as possible. Yeah, I, I would. I I think I could do it if um, if I could kind of figure out what was causing that thing and then right. fix that. Maybe it's the uh, B vitamin supplements or getting the shots or whatever. I don't know right. something. You know. Yeah, dude, totally. Um, I think, and again, you know, kudos to you for going to your doctor, by the way, and and not letting it become a, a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, well, you know. I would definitely look more in towards like a whole food plant based diet. Um, see which what, is which is what Mary she's like. You need to just she's do been whole saying foods plant based, right? And that's hard. It's especially hard out on the road if you're not used to it. Um, that could be hard alone because your taste buds have to. I think that's what adapt it to it, right? I mean, yeah. If you're if you've grown up like in like I don't know like chicken sandwiches and French fries your whole life, which a lot of people are doing that now believe mm-hmm. it or not i mean it's hard to get used to just quinoa and vegetables and beans mm-hmm. and, you know what i mean it's it is it's tough and especially like my like i said earlier one of the biggest things that i find joy in is going to restaurants and being and having that camaraderie with a group of people and like when we go on tour you know like i'm not i'm not the type of person that's going to be like yo you guys should do this too or let's all do this together or whatever. Like right. I would be like, Hey, let's go eat at this restaurant. It's really good. It's rated really well. It's a vegan restaurant. Everyone would be like, Oh, cool. Right. And then the next day off, they're like, we're going to go eat a steakhouse. And I'm like, Oh, well, I, there's, I can't eat anything there. So I would end up going off by myself sure. and, and I would be like, that kind of made me a little sad. So like, that was a tough part <coughs> for me whenever I was vegan is like not having that, not being able to have that experience with people all the time of like going and sitting down and eating and yeah kind of being together i always felt like i was missing out and i'm sure the tour was the toughest part for it, sure it was yeah um because at home it's like we eat together all the time it's right like, yeah we have our friends here and stuff so 
that's that's what I've heard from some of the musicians I've talked to is it's when they go on tour mm -hmm. that they're challenged. But at home, like either their family or friends are vegan and, mm -hmm. it's, you know, they cook vegan at home. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, man, uh, feel free to, to stay in touch. I mean, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before. I'm a nutritionist. So if oh, right. you have any questions, dude, like feel free to shoot them my way. I would love to see you um, like stay plant based for sure. But if you're looking to go fully vegan, like I'm right there for you, man. Either yeah, way, yeah. I'm ruined for you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Man. Thank you. Dope, man. Um, well, dude, uh, so um, I just, I can't believe you're a freaking cyclist, man. Can you talk a little bit about that? How did you get into cycling? Uh, when I was younger, so I lived in Gainesville, uh, Gainesville was like the first big city outside of Ocala that like, that was the next natural move for us. Like uh, whenever I was younger, um, Jeremy, our singer, he was dating this girl and they were, she was going to the UF. Uh, University of Florida and so I would always go up there and hang out with them and kind of party and whatever you know it was like call it was around the time that I probably should have been in college but I was in a date remember so um so we would go up there and hang out and then I started dating Jeremy's girlfriend's sister okay so they kind of lived near each other and then I ended up moving up there and um a lot of the big fat up there was like fixed gear so everyone was like riding fixed gear we'd go to like critical mass and we'd do all that stuff like kind of like participate in all those um there's like a bunch of like alley cat events that like i went to and i was like oh this is really rad like i think that it could be really fun to do this and i was kind of looking for something to kind of stay healthy and i'm like this is like not like regular exercise like i can go ride the trail or i can ride around town and i feel like i'm getting exercise but i'm seeing stuff and seeing part of the right. city that i never got to see and you're out in nature it's yeah beautiful. i love it yeah so that's the real reason I started and I uh, started writing like a bunch of fixed gear stuff, which was like kind of the trend and hype at the time. <laughs> Hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Gainesville is, it's like Austin or Portland, but just in Florida. Right. So it's super hip. <laughs> um, but then I, me and my bro, my buddy, uh, we started this clothing company and it was kind of based around that. It was like based around fixed freestyle, which was like at the time, um kids doing like insane tricks on their freestyle bike or on their fixed gear bikes so like they'd hit big stairs sets on their fixed gear like or 26 inch bikes and so we started supporting a lot of the kids that were doing that a lot of kids that were skateboarding and uh and then it kind of i was like you know what this is this is rad but like i wasn't doing that kind of stuff i was kind of more interested in like long distance cycling like yeah. started watching the tour de france started watching a lot of the other big um cycling events like the australian tour and like all that kind of stuff and i watched it online i'm like this is so rad like i didn't know that you could ride this far on a bike i'm like i didn't think that this was like humanly possible so are you more into road now now yeah that's all i do yeah. is like road bike stuff so um my buddy he's like yeah we should start doing it and so we started riding i would ride like my goal was to ride from Ocala to Gainesville, like from when I was growing up. I'm like, that just seems so far. <laughs> and so I started training. There was like a little spot up there where you could ride from Gainesville to Interlochen. It was called, I don't remember the trail. Um, How many miles is that though from Ocala it, to Gainesville? It was only 50 miles. But to oh, me, really? I'm like. This oh, sure. Back in the day. I, yeah, yeah, I was like, this is insane. I can never ride 50 that. miles. And so it was when we were recording um, What Separates Me From You. And so I was living in Gainesville, but driving to Ocala. 
Uh, and I'm like, I'm going to ride my bike to the studio one day and just like show up. And people are like, you're not going to fucking do that. You're not going to do that. I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. And so like I started training for that. Like it was like some big feat. And um, did that. Got like a Cannondale. It was like my first real road bike. Um, and uh, I did that. And, and I was like, oh, that was it. That was easy. And then I kind of like fell out. Like I fell out of it. We started touring more. I tried to bring my bike on the road. Uh, it ended up getting beat up pretty bad in in the trailer and truck and stuff. And then I like broke halfway through the tour, so I didn't have my bike, and I was sad. We weren't making like insane money, but so when I got home, I got it fixed. But then it broke again, and then yeah. I'm like, this sport is insanely expensive. Yeah, um, and it's a rabbit hole too. Oh my gosh, you can buy like all sorts of parts and upgrades and you just you can't stop right and and you think that it's all about you know i get, if I get more arrow if i get like right. a little bit less weight i'll make <laughs> up these like little few seconds or whatever and so i kind of like fell out of it for a while and then maybe three years ago um kind of got back into it uh and got into it like super heavy and then since then I ended up getting a new bike. I recently I got like a Cervelo, like the S3. Oh, nice. Like it's fucking, it's like a Ferrari. Yeah. No, it's that's a great so bike. sick. Um, and then I like, I like got into it and then I, I talked to my sister and we signed up for a triathlon. I started following this guy, a vegan cyclist. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah no. uh, and so I'm like, he was like, one of his videos was him um, doing his first triathlon. And uh, I kind of suck at swimming, and I, he kind of sucked at swimming, but he made up all of his time on his bike. I'm like, I I feel like I don't have I don't have like I wasn't doing what he was doing, but I'm like, if I have any chance of doing well on this, I'll make up all my time on my bike, and I'll just right. have to kind of like deal with it on the run, whatever. And so started following him and kind of got inspired by what he was doing and i was doing the vegan thing i'm like this is rad you know i'm like i can kind of see a lot of the similarities in what we're doing and talked to him a little bit like wrote him a couple times and uh gave me a bunch of words of encouragement and stuff so i was like this is really rad so i started training on like zwift and doing all that stuff and i was able to bring that on the road like i had my like wahoo kicker thing really while touring yeah yeah and right, i like dude. could put it under the bus and then i had my my bike i would connect it to it and i had my computer and i would ride every day i'd ride like 27 miles a day like when we were right. touring then did the triathlon ended up getting second place in my age group nice. it was pretty rad um beat my sister that's all i care about <laughs> uh and then uh and then i like i i pulled my growing doing it and I was like, uh, and then I was like, I can't let this affect being on tour, you know, like cycling. Cause it was just at that point, it was, it's like a hobby, you know? Right. And I've since gotten healthy and I've started riding again. I'm doing, trying to do like a hundred miles a week is what I want to do, which is not that much, but you know, yeah. Yeah. I have a little route around town. It's like 20 miles and, um, I, my guitar tech, he does, he rides it with me. So. Do you ride with a power meter? Like, yeah. are you, yeah, you track all that? Yeah. Right on. Do you use Strava too? Mm -hmm. yeah, Dude. Yeah. Do you're on it, man. Yeah. So uh, if you don't mind me asking, what is your FTP? Are you willing to give that up? 220. 220? It's okay. not, it's Dude, not that, crazy not bad, high, man. but yeah. That's great. I mean, so, so how often are you riding now? Like you're, now you're like, just to like set the, the setting or whatever. 
you're you're here in town like you're recording right you're mm-hmm. local you're not touring right. how much are you riding now versus like if you're gonna go on tour again well so if i was like if i was gonna sign up to do an event or something i would ramp up like get crazy with it like i would go and find like i haven't done any like road races i've only done triathlon so um when i was training for that i was going crazy whatever but then now i, I like hurt myself kind of got out of it and like every once in a while like i would like start to do it again and kind of like feel something happen and i would kind of shy away from it and then whatever and so uh i would say maybe month and a half ago i'm like nah, i'm doing this i'm just i'm gonna like find a race whatever i haven't signed up for one yet but um i've been doing like two three four times a week uh the 20 mile lap around town and uh yeah it's when i go back on tour i just take my my wahoo my little yeah kicker or whatever it is Why not? But, that's perfect for yeah. the bus but um are you thinking of doing crits what are you thinking of doing those scare me they're fucking gnarly, but I would love to do that. I think that stuff's so rad, like the like small circuit stuff and everything. Dude, I like I don't want to like, you know, change your decision. Um, I used to live in Miami and I did crits down there and it was the worst. I don't know how they are around this area, but there's like crashes every yes. single race, dude. Like I noticed be that. careful because I'd rather have you touring yeah. and like playing to your millions of fans than like wrecking yourself out of crit. Yeah. It, it is so dangerous, man. Well, it's like the coolest videos to watch online. Like I always <laughs> like watch like the race videos and I'm like, this is so rad. That's true. And then like you in like in the thing, and it's almost never the person's fault. No. It's like somebody else mm-hmm. in the field or something happens and it's always so like it's so competitive. Yeah, uh, I would love to do it, right. but it's an experience for sure. And I yeah, think yeah. You, you totally should go into it and see how it is. But yeah, it can be the stupidest stuff like your handlebars getting caught and just like anything, man. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. Are you thinking of doing like longer road races as well? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like that would be fun. That's like yeah. more my. I think my speed, you know, like like a Fondo or some stuff like that. I heard there's a one close by here that's yeah. like pretty rad. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens in Claremont. Yeah. So we've done that a few times, yeah, yeah. Um, like Century. So there's the Tour Latino coming up. And I forget if it's this month or next month. So mm-hmm. look out for that. And the biggest one is definitely Horrible 100 around like Thanksgiving. So and that's that a good goes one. out there in yeah, Claremont? Yeah, same uh, area. There was one that just happened up in Williston, Gainesville area. It was the... Doc Hollywood Invitational. Oh, it's like eighty miles. It's like once a year. It just happened. So uh, the Doc Hollywood ride. That's like eighty miles up in Gainesville. Um, that was another one that kind of like a lot of the people that I would go and was kind of getting into the whole the Winter Park scene. There's like a ride called Lake Mont Ride. You can kind of look at their group up on Strava and all that stuff. But it's pretty cool. They have like a forty mile ride, and then like for the people that like. They'll have people that'll come out and train from like the UCF cycling team, and then they'll be they'll have like so every once in a while there'll be like pros out there that'll come and ride, and they go psycho. They're like holding like twenty six miles per hour. I'm like, jeez, I get dropped pretty quickly, but uh, <laughs> which is the worst because then you're like having to like fight the whole time. But um, they'll do that every Saturday, and uh, there's a bunch of bike shops around here yeah. that are like really really good and doing a bunch of cool events and stuff. So. I love that. I love to be, I try to be a part of it as much as possible, but my thing is I can't, 
I can't wreck. I can't no, be man. part of like some like tight pack and no way. No way. I mean, imagine what that would do to like your band and like yeah. everything you have. Planned. It's more than me. You yeah, know, it's absolutely. like it's like the crew can't make money if we're not playing shows yeah. and everyone else can't do this stuff, you know. And right. so I'd yeah. love to, but yeah. But it's a great sport. I mean, I'm sure like even if you don't ride like or take your bike with on tour, the beautiful thing is like you can hop on a bike when you get back home. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's just like, you know, how you left it. I mean, you never forget to learn how to ride a bike. And like, it's just beautiful, man. You get right back into it. And it's one of those things you can pick up like any time. I've kind of had that. I've I've had that experience with it where it's like when I had kind of hurt myself and then riding again, I was just like, like the first week was kind of terrible because like I'd want to push myself to be like where I was when I left off. Right. I'd be like trying to meet those, F- like trying to oh, hit the yeah. FTP. I'm like, I am not this anymore. Yeah, I didn't mean it like that. Like, yeah, it's so hard to get back into like, you know, your exact FTP. Yeah, 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 yeah That yeah. takes a little while. But... but then, but it comes back quick. Oh, sure. Like two weeks in, you're like, yeah, oh, this is great. Right, so. right. Um, What did the other guys like to do, if you don't mind me asking? They, we all, for, for a little while, we all did Insanity. Like, the, Is that like a Spartan race or something? Uh, it was... It was this company called Beachbody. It's like one of those videos that you can watch. Oh, yeah. Like the dude, Sean T. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So we would all do that as a group. And so we would go and, oh, cool. and do that. And uh, they would do that. Uh, Jeremy has a Peloton. So he kind of does that shit in his house, which is pretty rad. Um, and then Alex kind of hangs out. He just has a really fast metabolism. He can eat whatever he wants and doesn't really work out. He's a drummer. He's just skinny. And uh, yeah, Josh, me and Kevin and Jeremy, we would always do insanity and stuff like That's that. That's cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, dude, I, I want to transition to the music now. We haven't even talked about that. Uh, just want to say, dude, like, yeah, a day to remember, like one of my favorite freaking bands, like you guys put out like the best music videos, I should say, like the oh, most entertaining you. and yeah, I love it. And you guys put a lot of production into it. Um, And I said this off camera before, but anyone has the chance and is lucky enough to go to one of your shows they know how professionally well it's done the screens will come back like you guys have what four screens that come down and it's different every tour really yeah but i think you're talking about uh the tour before the one we just did where yes like the show starts and it looks like there's nothing up there yes like you guys would play ub tales i'll be sonic and yeah. you'll play freaking retro sonic behind when you guys are playing live yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's so awesome yeah i mean that's that's one of the biggest things um, that's important to us is we want to put on a show that even if you're not into a day to remember, you're not into this music. And let's say you come to the show with a friend or, you know, maybe it's a parent bringing their kid to the show because the kid likes the band or whatever. We want it to be something that you could be entertained by no matter what. Uh, if we're playing a festival and you've never heard of a day to remember, you can watch the show and be like, holy crap, this is amazing. You know. That's our goal. And so we always invest in that. We always invest in the production side of it. And uh, that I think that that's like one of the most important things you can do. Well, I think visuals is a huge thing when it comes to music. Like, for example, um, I think a lot of people get a weird like uh, they interpret metal as like being satanic or just like, I don't know, just like something negative or terrible. Right. Um. And it's actually one of my favorite genres. But if you look at like um, Paranoia, right? You guys music videos, 
like you have to have the visual there like like the guy's struggling he's going through something there's a reason why like he's screaming and kind of like yeah has that aggressive vibe you know what yeah. i mean and i think you know whatever visuals you guys play behind your music at live shows there's a reason behind that oh always there it it's always to help tell the story you know like in you bringing up paranoia like the guy that the shadow thing that is that emotion of paranoia that is that feeling of being anxious or paranoid or um any of those kind of feelings that you like a, a lot of us deal with you know like in that's kind of what it is it's from that perspective that's what the song is written from it's about someone dealing with that and then this emotion being like i always have control over you and then it's kind of like you getting that back that's what it's about and in in every every visual that we put out any piece of art it's very heavily thought out it's always to aid the story or to help tell what that emotion is visually like right. it's awesome that you noticed that because oh yeah how many people i mean i'm sure a lot of people have noticed it but not many people have talked to us about right it, so. yeah yeah I, I mean i i always like watching a music video because like i know exactly what the singer or the band is like visualizing or, or seeing or, or thinking about when like we hear the music you yeah. know what i mean i yeah. think that's a really cool experience and it's a shame like i'm sure back in our days like we would turn on mtv or any other music channels and we would watch music videos go on for like marathons and yeah. now there's like reality shows and a bunch <laughs> of other stuff yeah, on yeah. so um i don't think really like the next generation appreciates music videos like probably like we did yeah i mean it's cool that we have youtube Yes. I mean, that's rad. Yep. And it's rad that like you can go on there and watch all this stuff for free. I think that's really cool, too. So uh, it's not the same. It, it, I think I think that um, what's so hard about it is when we were growing up, we didn't have to think about like what was going to be playing next. We're like, oh, I hope that I get to see a Newfound Glory video or I hope that I get to see a Blink-182 video or whatever. And you would watch MTV and be like, oh, it's on right now. They're playing it. This is crazy, you know, whatever. And like nowadays you can go and be like, well, I'm going to look this up or I'm going to look this up. But it's like if you don't know what to look up, it's kind of like option paralysis. Whereas right. with MTV, they're like, all right, we're going to play these and we're going to play right. these. And it was kind of cool because you could just sit and watch and not really think about it. So it'd be cool if there was like something like that on YouTube. Like if they like kind of had a uh, different channels that were like curated for right things and you could just sit back and not even just like it. yeah just streaming you a bunch of new music new music and, yeah. yeah and it could be hosted by somebody or something i think yeah pretty cool yeah awesome good good ideas youtube yeah uh, you're welcome yeah listen to that <laughs> um yeah man so uh take me back to before 2003 that's where you got when you guys started mm -hmm. um how was life back then uh what were you up to uh before data remember yeah uh I was 15 years old when I joined a date, I remember. So I was freaking baby. Yeah, That's what you were. <laughs> yeah, we there was I, there was another band called Two Days Too Late, and it was um, basically a date to remember before a date to remember. So it was a date to remember without Jeremy. I saw Jeremy had that on his shirt. I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, but... that was like our band like forever ago. So uh, my involvement in the whole thing is like i i was in two days too late for a little while and then i got kicked out for tom so tom joined two days too late and i got kicked out because oh, no i wasn't as good a guitar player as tom 
And, uh, and so I, I would put on shows at my house and like, we had like this space and like, we'd have people come in and pay. And I booked like two days too late and then all for nothing, which was Jeremy's band. And there was this other band that played. And so a bunch of people would come and I ended up paying out all the bands and I was like the promoter. This was like some, it was, I was like 14 years old. It was crazy. So interesting. My parents let me do this. It was, I don't know why. And so I kind of like became close with everybody and, um, like kind of got to know. And then at the time, John Kahn, who was a bass player of two days too late. And then eventually the bass first bass player of the day to remember, um, him, Tom, our old drummer Bobby left two days too late and then went to start a new band. And so they found Jeremy and then Jeremy joined that group. Well, they started the band with together and uh, there was another guitar player. His name was Joe Barnes and he was in the band for three shows and he was in this other band that I was also in. I was in the band with Joe and this other guy, Randy called a day to remember. And it was, a day to remember it wasn't the same band it was like a different band bobby was in that band as well it was a really small scene right. and we all kind of like shared members and stuff like that so um then bob, joe never played a full show with a day to remember he'd always he's his biggest influence was kurt cobain so he would always like wreck his guitar and like whatever at the end of the set <laughs> and he wouldn't end up playing the show and so it got to a point where everyone's like kind of fed up with him doing these antics and whatever. And we're like, yo, just play the show, whatever. <laughs> and so he got kicked out and like, I was close with everybody. And, uh, John was my best friend. He, uh, he's like, yo, come try out, come do this thing. And I'm like, okay. So I tried out and that was the rest was history. Like all we did then was like skateboard and listen to blink 182. Blink 182 is my favorite band. Um, like in a bunch of other punk bands and whatever. And, and play music and then so it kind of transitioned into into that nice yeah, yeah where uh, this is such a cliche question i always try to avoid them but where does like a day to remember come from how did that name pop it up? was it was actually that joe joe barnes was his name um he came up his girlfriend at the time came up with the name for the band and then when he was in the band the band took on that name but then he got kicked out because he never played a full show. And so the band just kept the name. And it's just kind of about. It's not it's not really about anything, but I guess if you want to, like. Truly think about it, it's like. It's about that time. It's about. Being a kid, going to shows, and just making those memories and like. Being having that escape from everything else, you know, it's like this could be in a day to remember, you know, like, let's make this a day to remember. Like it's, it's about doing things that you will remember and doing things that are important to you and going to shows and kind of creating those memories that will last forever. Like I know that like some of the first shows I ever went to and I could probably tell you every instance of exactly what happened during the day because I was so excited about it. It's all I could think about, you know, uh, and it's about creating those instances and those experiences for people everywhere, you know, like stuff that we grew up with and the yeah. stuff that we still experience, you know, like we right. still go to shows now and we're like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, and such stuff. a good so, feeling, man. Yeah, yeah. 
for sure. I still feel like a kid, like a high school kid, like rocking on at shows. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. That feeling never dies. But that's um, that's what it is. Like yeah. in so many words, like I'm not so eloquent, but that's what it is. Um, yeah, yeah, awesome. And I wanted to ask you. Uh, so, so your influence, as you mentioned, it was Blink One Eighty Two. They're your favorite band. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys sound nothing like Blink One Eighty Two, and yeah. I'm sure like. You know, you don't want to be like the next whatever, like you want to be your own. But mm-hmm. um, but like it is quite different from like the light punk rock, like Blink-182 style music than like your guys heavier, like somewhat metal uh, music that you guys produce. Yeah. Um, any particular reason why you went that way? Or was it like Jeremy's perspective of wanting to do more like screaming type of vocals? I mean, it honestly, the real reason was because. Uh, in Ocala, where we grew up, um, the scene was very heavy. Like some of our fa- like our favorite band at the time was this band Seven Star, heavily influenced us. There was this Christian hardcore band from Ocala, and their bass player Drew Russ, who does all of our music videos now, is still very heavily involved with us. He doesn't do all of them now, but he has done a majority of our music videos. <clears throat> um he would always bring bands into town. And so they were always heavy bands. And we, and if you wanted to play a good show in Ocala, you played with heavy bands. And so that was like another huge influence for us is like, we loved punk. We love pop punk. Um, we loved rock, like in general, and then metal hardcore. It all was like what influenced our band. Like, and, and everyone in the band has such eclectic influences. Like, right. um trying to fit all of that into songs and albums and making everyone happy is kind of how a data member became so diverse and i like that i like that you guys weren't like you know cocky in the sense like no i just want to be a metal band or i just want to be a punk band i really like the perspective that or the pathway that you guys took and that's a little bit of everything because you you cater to a lot of people that way and, and honestly, it was just making all of us happy, right? Which you know, uh, us being so different and such different people, it kind of works that way by accident, you know. Um, and getting like when we started um, playing in, in in Ocala, if you didn't have breakdowns, like no one cared, which was so weird. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but it wasn't even like the breakdowns that made people like us. It was like that everything was so catchy, and then they yeah. could also mosh and dance right. and whatever. And so that's kind of what made that happen, you know, Ocala, I guess. Yeah. And and Degenerates, one of you guys' new songs, mm-hmm. um, I feel like a little bit of Blink-182 vibe in that song. Yeah. I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but it definitely, uh, I definitely get that, like, here, listen to it. It was, uh, I feel like anytime we go to write something, it's never like, it's never with hey we want to do this right it's like whatever comes out yeah. and then we're like oh that's kind of like that <laughs> that's weird okay cool um yeah degenerates it's people have said that i was like they said like a newfound glory or all-time low or right. blank vibe and i'm yeah. just like oh, i never even thought about it like that i, <laughs> I guess but. but that's a good song um and while we're on the blink 182 topic uh the number 44 keeps popping up mm-hmm. and i've read some stuff online nobody's got like a clear answer to it but um, does it have anything to do with that side project of Mark Hoppus 
plus 44 or is there another story behind it uh yeah it has not it doesn't have anything to do with that um it's so it's a weird thing like so josh and i uh we when we were touring in a van um i had this crazy dream like i i remember just sleeping in the van we woke we woke up and we were driving and i like looked at him and told him about this dream that i had i was like this number was like following me everywhere and like i was like seeing it and everything and for some reason like i don't know why but like it just feels like it's like a guiding force or like a curse we weren't sure like in the beginning we didn't know what it was we were it was just something that meant something to us for no reason like i just had this dream i told josh about it right when i told him about it we're in the in the van driving as soon as i'm still telling him we like look up and it was like i'm like i keep seeing it everywhere and and then we look up and it was like win the lottery 44 million i'm like what the fuck this is so weird and then we like look over at the clock and it was like 11:44 in the morning and i'm like i'm like dude i'm like this is crazy i'm like getting kind of goosebumps uh-huh. thinking about it and so we just kept seeing it everywhere and and for a while we weren't sure if it was like this curse like you know if we're seeing it it's not like a good thing or uh whatever i don't know and like at the time um mark hoppus had the band plus 44 i'm like dude this is so weird like was it this didn't, before it didn't, that band it came was out? it was it was like as it was happening wow. and uh and so it we had saw that movie 23 with jim carrey you know how like he keeps seeing the number and we like joked around about it i'm like what if it's like that like where we just keep yeah. seeing it and it like we like obsessed over or like it lost have yeah. you ever seen lost yeah with we the were obsessed with lost yeah. yeah we were obsessed with lost so I'm like telling Josh about it and Josh loved Lost. So Josh like got on board and like he started seeing it everywhere. And I think that like once you, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like a law of attraction or whatever. But like once you like know about it, like once you kind of know, we call it 44 curse. Once you have the curse, you start to see it everywhere. Like you'll randomly look at the clock and it's like 744 or whatever. And the more I thought about it, I was like, this is kind of crazy. because. I where I grew up, I was um, I was born. The hospital I was born in was on Highway 441, uh, and then my first house that I ever lived in was off Highway 441. Um, I was born at 441 in the morning. So like my whole thing is like, um, my whole thing is my number is 441. So 441, but but it's like 44 is like the thing that we always see and it's like what links us like and we we kind of have it on all of our stuff and we're like this could be a cool thing i don't know why it meant so much in the beginning like but we like it like latched onto it and then we started talking about it more with the band and then everyone that we kind of told this story to like what happened to us they're like dude i've been seeing it everywhere like i'll look here and it'll be there i'll look here or do something and it'll be 44 and and they're like, I, I keep seeing it. And so they'll, they always like, it reminds them of us. And so Jeez. it was cool because like Blink is my favorite band. Like, sure. and I always like looked up to Mark Hoppus. Like I, if I, when I was first starting to play an instrument, I wanted to play bass because I'm like, I want to be like Mark Hoppus, you know? And then he started Plus 44 and I was just like, what the fuck? Well, did you ever talk to him about it? No, I haven't. I haven't told him about Dude, it. You should tell him about that. It's, That's it's such a, a creepy story. It is a creepy story. It's so oh weird. God um 
Yeah, that's kind of what. Like, look at this. See, like, so this thing, Ampete. I don't even. This has nothing to do with anything. I needed this because it runs all of my guitar amps. Right. It's called the four four four. Wow. Um, and it like doesn't have anything to do with anything. And like you'll just randomly see it, and you'll probably now that you know the story, yeah. you're gonna start to see it around. And you're gonna be like, I hope this not. Is fucking weird. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's and and I feel like more now. Whenever I see it, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. Like I feel like it's the universe's like little way of being. Oh, like, so you feel like it's a good sign. Path. Yeah. Ah, okay. And I feel like I'm doing the right thing, the thing that I should be doing. And uh, for a while, I wasn't sure. Like I didn't know. Like yeah. I don't think any of us knew. And now I feel like the more I see it, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's good to know. This is my. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen it in your music videos. So I was like, what is that? Does he really like plus forty four that much? Yeah, but... I have a tattooed on my hands. Ah, uh, nice. And you have the blink, uh, yeah. blink one eighty two as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to ask you about that. So thanks for clearing that up, man. Um, I don't think I've ever told that story. So really, am yeah. I the first one? Yeah, yeah. Dude, hopefully I asked a bunch of like first time questions too. Yeah. I'm honored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, dude, uh, data remember, like you guys are internationally known, like huge success can you talk a little bit about like how you guys got from being high school kids to like playing in your backyards to or whatever like local parties touring the world like how did how does that go i'm sure it's a long story but <laughs> uh it we just in the beginning we just played as much as we could and we sucked really bad um and the more we played the the better we wanted to be and the more opportunities that we were given to be like, Hey, come do this tour or whatever. Um, like it, it was that motivation and the, the want to be better and uh, playing as much as we possibly could. We literally played, I think in the beginning of our band, um, we, for four years straight, we were on tour for 10 months out of the year, 10, 11 months out of the year um and that's kind of like when homesick was written like when we were doing all that like we did we were on tour with for those of heart we for three years straight like we didn't get a hotel room we slept in our van where we slept at fans houses and stuff like that and we just saved our money and uh kept reinvesting into the band and that's when we were like you know what we got to invest in production we got to invest in like good merchandise and we got to invest in uh the show and the experience um and we got to get better we got to play more we got to just practice and we were do practicing like two or three times a week and when we weren't on tour and then we were tour and tour like so i think one year we played over like 300 shows in a year it was like fucking crazy um but i really think that that's what it was i think that like pushing and and playing and, and honing our craft and being a band together is really what like kind of pushed that. And then we also, we took every opportunity um, in the beginning. We, they were like, you can go to Europe. It's going to suck. It's going to be really hard. You know, you're going to have to do it this way. And we were like, that's fine. And we would go and do it. And uh, one of the first times we went there was with this band called Maylene and the Sons of Disaster, which was uh, Dallas. He was the original singer of Under Oath. And we really looked up to him because he's from Ocala and, uh, we loved Under Oath. We loved what he did in Under Oath. And so he took us out over there for the first time, and it was rough. Like, we all had no money, and um, it was cold. It was in January, and we all were splitting, like, this bus. And it was, like, this old bus. And it was situations like that that kind of, like, honed us into what we were doing. And we are like, if we can go 
and uh, play these shows and be on this tour and do well, you can do well anywhere. And all we have to do is keep doing it. That's it. That's all we have to do. Um, just keep trying and touring and playing shows and stuff like that. And so I think that that's really what led to the success of our band and going and taking opportunities and taking risks of going to new places. Like that's another thing. I think playing Australia and developing that and developing South America and developing um, Europe and South Asia, Southeast Asia and, and, and never really being like, Oh, a lot of our friends that are in bands, they didn't develop those territories. And now like, cause you can only have a lifespan in America for so long. Like they've been like, the attention span here is really short. And it's like people they're like, Oh, I've seen that band five times. I don't want to go see them again. Right. So it's like, if you haven't developed like Europe and Australia and South America and Asia, um, then you don't have a way to split up your touring. You don't have a way to go and continue to grow as artists. Uh, whenever America doesn't care about you anymore, which will eventually happen. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like that happens to every band or bands go in waves, you know, like, Right. This band's popular again, or this band's not popular, you know, whatever. So that's probably how I think personally, that's how we've kind of done that. So it's so good to hear that. I mean, one of my favorite songs by you guys is actually right back at it again. Yeah. Because it's that story. It's like where you guys came from to where you are now. And one of the lyrics from it, and I hope like I don't butcher it, it's you guys left home with no kind of backup plan and everybody that you knew that you couldn't stand mm -hmm. said, if you can't make it here, you won't make it there. Yeah. And I just wanted to ask you, like, what are some of the things you guys heard, you know, that were a little bit discouraging when you guys first started out that kind of made you think, well, should we keep going? Are they right? Or are we right? It was, it was because our band was like mixing all these genres and everyone was like, why are you doing that? Like, don't do that. Like, that's not, no one wants that, you know? Uh, in the beginning, no one understood what we were doing. Like, no one understood that we were, we had all these influences and it was super eclectic for us. And that we were just trying to fit in in all of these different places. That was us, though. Like, we were finding ourselves in that process. Like, we were like, we love going to hardcore shows and moshing and we like going to pop punk shows and singing along and whatever. And, uh, and we liked it all. And it wasn't like we were this type of person. No, we were like, no, we are all of this is us. Like we are all of it, you know? Um, and so people will be like, no one wants that. No one wants a band that does that. And, and I think that maybe bands that had done that before us, they maybe weren't as successful because, uh, some of their influences or whatever, <clears throat> they didn't really dive in and, and go head first and all in, you know, like I think that that's the biggest thing is and why we were successful is we didn't have a backup plan. We were, all, it was all in from the beginning and, and we were lucky enough to have found each other that were five of us to be like, this is what we're doing. This is what we want to do. And we're going to do it no matter what. Um, Cause it's, I feel like a lot of times you don't, you're not able to find that. You, like some people in the group are like, I need to go to college or right. I need, my parents don't want me to do that or whatever. Or they have like a family and like yeah. leaving home is just not practical for them. Right. And and we found each other at the right age and it was just the perfect storm. Like we all were willing to kind of be like, 
what we have at home is rad, but we want more. And we all had that same ambition and that same drive. And it, it all happened at the same time. So I feel like that's really important. And it's not something that you get very often. And that's why there's a lot of bands that aren't very successful is because or a lot of bands that have that have a lot of potential, but maybe don't reach that level of success is because one of those factors didn't work out. And we just got lucky enough to where they all were like, oh, shit, this is all right. right. OK, cool. You know, do you think that the way the music scene is now with like, you know, CDs being a little bit outdated, like everything is streamed online mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's a lot of piracy going on as well. Um, do you think that like all in mentality still applies to people who want to make it in the music scene or anything creative? Yes, I think that I think that um, anything creative, you have to put your entire self, your entire being into it, because especially now more than ever, um, a lot of the technology and the tools like, for instance, Spotify uh, or how people are producing music has gotten so much more user friendly that a lot more people can make music and it's easier, but it's the people that will put them their whole like their whole being, their whole self into that um, and kind of do the 10,000 hours thing where they master whatever it is that they're doing that will like rise above, that will stand out, you know, because I feel like now that's what you need to do because it is easier. So there's going to be so many more people out there doing it and trying to uh, do something that seems easy, but it's not easy. It's like the hardest. It's like more, it's, it's more than even having like a, 40 hour a week job, I think, because it never ends. You got to be thinking about it when you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you're eating, when you're you have to constantly be thinking about it, because if you don't, somebody else will right. always. So always stay hungry. Always. You have yeah. to. And even us now, like even at the level of success that we've reached, we're still we still have that. No, we're still striving for perfection, which is like it's like a blessing and a curse. But that's that's what it's all about i think that's where success comes from uh, especially nowadays as things get easier to do and as um like producing these types of things becomes more of a reality for more people you have to really focus really put all of yourself into it uh and because if you don't then somebody else will right and right. they'll get this success yeah and that's, yeah that's, and uh, nothing yeah nothing you can do about it absolutely man i love hearing stories like that and like not so much like about people bragging about their success and what they got. I'm more into like what they didn't have and what they did to, to get what they have now. Yeah. Um, it's, it got, it gives me freaking goosebumps, man. And again, that's why I love that song so much right back at it again. So it, Jeremy absolutely <laughs> nailed like the lyrics in that song. It's like, I don't know however many words, I don't know the exact count of words in the song, but to tell that story of that, magnitude in that little of words he, he's like a he's a genius yeah no he really is he is man what do you think um your fans connect with the day to remember the most like what about your music um do you feel like they connect with the most i think that uh it's very relatable and i think that jeremy writes the lyrics from a perspective that you can kind of link any um you can kind of make any any of our songs fit your life too like they're very personal for him and they're from a they're from a place where uh he's writing about personal experiences and things that he's things that he's gone through um 
but he does it in a way to where he it almost sounds like it's written for you like and i find things in our music that like i mean i wasn't a part of that situation you're talking about but it absolutely relates to my life too and i can get on stage and totally like i can i can sing those lyrics too and it make it makes sense to my life right. and i think that a lot of people that listen to our band they they're able to do that and kind of make these situations and these songs make sense in their own personal life and what they're going through uh and i think that he does that very well i think that that's a big reason why a lot of people like what we're doing I also think that it's it's uh we're just regular people. We're um we're not any different from when we started and and a lot of times whenever you kind of come into some success in this industry, people it changes people. And yeah. I can understand why. But uh we haven't left where we've grown up and we, we're still here doing what we've always done. I think people relate to that and they um they have those same dreams and aspirations and they see that we've done that and they see that it's not been a negative thing on our life and they kind of hope to achieve the same thing. Oh, for sure, man. I think you see it in any industry, like you've been one of the most humble dudes. Like I like from the moment we shook hands, like you've been super, super down to earth, but like I've seen it with people that like YouTubers, you know, like, I mean, they hit like a hundred thousand, a million subscribers, whatever. And like, as soon as they do that, like their mentality changes. You can tell like they're judging you differently. They're thinking about you differently. Um, so I'm, you know, it's super awesome to to hear that. It's like you guys are the same people. You just really love what you do. Yeah. Do you remember like a time like when you were a kid, um, like how you would like either with Blink-182, um, can you remember how you related to, to their music? Like what that did for your personal life? Yeah. Blink-182 especially... Um, the reason I have them tattooed on my hands and everyone's like, why do you have that band tattooed? Because they're like such jokesters or whatever, you know? And it's like, for me, their music was an escape from my life. Like, uh, when I was growing up, my parents got divorced and it was like really tough for me to deal with and kind of moving into a new household with my stepfather and kind of coming into this, being a man and uh, growing up in this environment that was constantly changing like i could go to their music and skateboarding uh, and guitar and escape and just kind of like find my own place and like find my own thing um and so with them they were all about making jokes and making light of really dark situations like stay together for the kids is about divorce mm -hmm. specifically right and that could be on the same album as the song where they say all the cuss words and, you know, whatever, or the party song. Or, or they sing about aliens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, it, it, and that's kind of like, that was what was a big influence on me. And they never took themselves too seriously. Like, they could do these things where they were talking about very serious subjects and very intense things. And then on the flip side, make jokes about themselves and talk about dicks and farts and whatever, <laughs> you know. And I just love that. I'm like, and they're doing it as friends. Like mm -hmm. they were, they seem like the best friends and they, uh, that's all that mattered was the band music joking around and having a good time. And so that shaped me as a person. Like I'm always making jokes, always trying to make light of these heavy situations and dark situations or whatever, and then not take, let in that be too serious right and how you deal with that and then moving forward moving on
Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like loving what you do. I mean, it's it's the only way to sustain this passion. Because I mean, if you always try to be serious and you're not having fun with it, eventually you burn out. Right. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, it seems like you guys like they remember have a lot like a really healthy relationship with each other. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have a good time like being around each other. Um. So that's that's awesome. Communication is everything. Uh, being able to talk to your friends uh, about hard situations um is everything it it it's what saved our band from breaking up many times is like we've had those hard conversations and those conversations are never as hard as what it's like to have to not have that person in your life anymore or to not have the band around anymore you know like it's always easier to have those hard conversations and communicate when it feels like you shouldn't or you don't want to yeah, I mean, it's like a relationship as well, right? It's just the, the same exact thing. Yeah. Communication is the number one thing. And if you can't, like, tell the other person how you're feeling, how you expect to be with them for a lifetime, right? right? Yeah. Just like your man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up. I think we've been going for, like, what, over an hour now? So, I didn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been awesome. Yeah, like I said, I thought this would be a great conversation. So many topics we've covered. Um. You guys just released a new music video a yeah. little while ago, uh, Resentment. Yeah. Um, super stoked about it. And uh, one thing I want to say about that, like there's a lot of CGI and special effects, but like it, it doesn't come off as cheesy. Like it was so well made and the yeah. lighting and everything. Um, was that in a green room, by the way? Like how did uh, you... Half of it was and then half of it was actually filmed in California where they were actually dealing with a lot of wildfires. Gotcha. Uh, we had to put in, we had to go in... Uh, alert the fire department because we were using a lot of smoke and stuff like that. And so that the fire department didn't come right. to where we were because we were filming in a forest. So half of it, half of the stuff that looks like we're filming in a forest, we were actually in a forest. Um, and it's a lot of smoke and stuff like that. And the way that the guy that did his name is Jeb, Jeb Hardwick, I think is how he's pronounced his last name. Uh, he did a lot of the architects music videos and a lot of um, like a lot of, I think the only ones that I really know of is architect stuff, but he makes videos look expensive, but he does it for a pretty good, pretty good deal. That's awesome. And so he's found some way to kind of edit and do all that stuff himself. He does all the CG and all that stuff. Um, and half of it was green screen and half of it was us actually out in the forest playing and stuff. That's cool. Why the fire theme? Like, so uh, that song resentment is about the emotion of resentment. It's kind of like paranoia. It's kind of like once the feeling of resentment comes on, it comes on like a wildfire. And so that's what the lyrics are about in the chorus, especially. And so it's like once it happens, it takes over. It's consuming. It's like and how the song's about how you deal with that and how it affects you. And uh, we thought that the showing that the wildfire is the perfect representation of that emotion um, and how it happens. And like in the video, you kind of see like Jeremy's getting he's like floating up and from hearing him explain it. And I don't want to butcher his ex explanation, but, uh, you know, you you it happens in those situations where you have to lift yourself out of the situation or else it's going to consume you. But then sometimes you can't control it. And there's a there's a part in the music video where he gets hit with this beam. And that's the feeling of a, of resentment, like taking over. 
and then everything kind of catches on fire and it burns everything down it and the feeling of resentment it hurts more than just you it affects everyone around you it affects the other person in the situation that you maybe you feel that feeling towards you know like and it goes back to communication where you got to dissolve those things and you got to fix them as they're happening or else it leads to this thing that will burn down everyone around you and it affects everything uh, and that's kind of what the message is yeah beautiful i mean absolutely i think we all probably have dealt with some sort of resentment and it's not a good feeling and like you said um it, it can just consume you and completely take over um right. so such a great story on on that part and, and the music video definitely nailed it yeah um what uh what are you most stoked about this new album coming out? It's, it's, uh, it's the newest attempt at, it's the most current attempt, including all of our current influences and inspirations at making music, at being artists and being artistic and working together and, uh, creating something new, um, and I think that that's one of the things like as an artist that you constantly want to do is like you play songs and you'll you'll have like when we did Bad Vibrations, we went to Colorado and all were in a room and wrote it together and recorded it like old school. We worked with Bill and Jason from the Blasting Room. Bill was in the Descendants. He's like a classic punk band. Uh, and, and we kind of did it that way. And it was super raw, um, very real in that sense of capturing the emotion in that way. And then this one, we did it very contemporary. Uh, we did it here at the audio compound in Orlando. We brought this guy, Colin Britton in. And he is known for like inc incorporating synths and uh, new recording techniques and like all these different things that we didn't use last record. And then it's like the complete opposite. We're pushing in all these different directions and we're using all these different influence and these different sound sources but we're still using the formula of a day to remember and we're still writing uh, music from our perspective, uh, but it's influenced by so many new things. So I'm really excited for people to hear it because it's like, it's still us, but it's like us 2020. Right. You know, it's like, whereas the last album was like us kind of being nostalgic and like doing things like we always wanted to do them and how, in a big studio with a big console and getting the big mixer to do it. And then now it's like doing it the new way where sometimes this song was like when resentment was mixed by Dan Lancaster, who mixed a lot of the new bring me the horizon stuff. And he just uses a computer with two monitors to mix and that's it. Wow. And sometimes it's on headphones, sometimes, you know, whatever. And we're using all these new techniques and all these new things uh, and trying to push the boundary and, um, sound design and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's scary and interesting and exciting. I'm just excited for people to get it and hear it. And I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. Your guys progression has been, I, I would describe it as very smooth. Like bands will like draw a clear line of like, you know, I'm changing our style, like all, you know, synth we're adding all this to like, what would have been like raw, like amp stuff before, you guys has been very, very smooth. Um, I could still hear a, a day to remember back from like the first album. You know what I mean? We've that always we've always kind of had those things in there, like, and it's just been very well hidden. Like, even if you listen back to like um, in Homesick, there's like all kinds of like sound design stuff in there and synths, but it's just hidden. It's kind of like tucked in and and then 
what separates me from you, same thing. And then common courtesy, we push the boundary a little bit more. And then um, with bad vibrations, we kind of just reeled it back mm -hmm. and kind of went more raw. And then now this one, it's like everything's on the table. We kind of did all of that. We kind of took things from bad vibrations where we're using real amps and kind of miking them up and manipulating them and using pedals and all that stuff. And then using synths and um, taking that and then manipulating that even more and then kind of combining the two and then running guitars right. through all it's crazy. It's, That's it's cool. It's really cool. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and like, I, you know, you guys collaborated with marshmallow too. Um, rescue me is like, oh man, you guys like nailed it with that too. And obviously that's a different spin because he's, you know, they're bringing what they, you know, do to the table. Yeah. How's working with Marshmallow? I, I'm afraid to say he or she, cause I don't, but, uh, oh, he's, he's rad. Have, yeah. have you seen his face by the way? I yeah. wanted to ask you. Yeah. 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 Right on dude. Yeah. That's such a great song. I've shared it with like literally everybody. No, that, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's rad. He kind of grew up, he grew up. He's a little bit younger than we are. Uh, he grew up listening to this genre, and he's a huge fan of uh, like punk and and metal and all that kind of stuff, uh, as well as EDM. Obviously, like that's what his main passion is. But um, he gets it. He knows the influences. He knows uh, what we would be trying to do, and and um, he's just great. He's great at melody. He he yeah. is is that's like his main thing, and um and that works with us you know like because i think that we can kind of i think that we're lucky enough to be able to do anything we want like we've opened that door like we have acoustic songs we have electronic stuff we have heavy stuff we have punk stuff we have rock stuff whatever right. and because it's so eclectic we can do all of those things and it's not weird right and that's what we all we want to do we want to have rappers on our stuff we want to yeah. have like we try to get rick ross on our album before nice. and he said we were satanists so he didn't do it but Oof. we're not satanists but yeah i don't know uh that's a big thing is like we're influenced by all these things and it it is huge the array goes this or the spectrum is like very right. far stretching so um that you'll never know what we're gonna do next that's the I coolest mean, part about a day to remember <laughs> i mean you guys have to be one of the most badass bands to like cover a kelly clarkson song I mean that's freaking amazing. I mean that song's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Her dude. version's good. Her version's good, but like, you, like you guys definitely catered it towards like my personal like liking as well. So that was awesome. Thank you. I want to uh, ask you: Is there a, a like a release date yet for the new album? No, not in yet. The talks? Um, soon, very soon. Um, we uh we're finishing it up right now. We're kind of nailing down the final art concept for the full packaging and all that stuff um just got off a call yesterday so very soon um we have a couple more songs that need to have the final mix done and other than that it's it's like we're 98 percent there it's like Dude. and you know you know how like when you're waiting for something on your computer to load and you get to like that 98 yes. percent mark and it's like one minute remaining and right. that one minute remaining is like 20 minutes oh it's the whole thing it's that's where we're at. That's where you're at. Mm -hmm. All right, man. Well, I look forward to it. I, I cannot wait for that album to drop. Um, any final thoughts? I guess that we haven't touched on anything you wanted to, to share before we, we close this out. Uh, no, I think we talked about a bunch of cool we, stuff. So. We talked about a, a lot of cool stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. 
um dude where can people find you you got like a myspace or yeah um my instagram is uh neil westfall 44 um snapchat nw44 twitter nw44 there's that 44 again yeah <laughs> awesome stuff man well yeah. thank you so much neil i really appreciate your time dude and thank you. uh good luck on tour thank you awesome stuff yeah all right we did it cool <laughs> awesome dude